Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Many of us can find ourselves somewhere along our spiritual journey, wondering if there's something more. We keep trying to connect to the divine and we may have moments where we do have that connected feeling, but it's fleeting. What are we doing wrong? For most of us, we're looking in the wrong place. We're seeking to connect with something outside of ourselves. But what we don't realize is that what we're trying to connect to is already within us. We are an aspect of the divine. Our brilliance, which is a reflection of that connection to pure source, is us. What happens when we're not only aware of our own brilliance, but we start to live from it? Today, I'm talking with a special guest by the name of Susie, who after attending the sensuality, sexuality, and power in the Transcendent Feminine Retreat we gave, started to not only be aware of, but actually experience and began spending longer periods of time living from her brilliance. Through her story, we'll get to find out what that can look and feel like so we can be on the lookout for this in our own experience as well. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. I'm Karen Chong, founder of Spherical Luminosity, and I'm here with my special guest, Susie Bird. Today, we're talking about embodied brilliance. Let's get going. Welcome, Susie. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your incredible story. And I think we'll just start, if it's okay, with who you are, what you do, where you live, just like a little bit about you so people get some context for who you are. So my name's Susie. I live in Sacramento, California. I just turned 39 a couple months ago. Oh. I ended up in IT. I studied chemistry in college and I was fully ready to like go into like the science field, maybe like research or even medical field. And then I realized that I don't have the discipline for that. Oh. <laughs> and I ended up in IT and it provides a lot of flexibility. I get to work remotely. I get to travel. I get to work with people. It's a lot more social. I do business development. So I think it fits me a lot better, although I still love science and I'm kind of a, a science nerd. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It allows you to bridge both worlds, right? You can talk exactly. geeky yeah. talk and then you can also talk like yeah. regular person talk. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have to like tone it down with the business people. It's like, Ooh, did I get, did I just get a little geeky there? I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. You have to do that sometimes. Cool. Well, thank you. And that's just helpful for everyone to get a sense of who you are. Not that those things define you necessarily, but just get a sense of who you are. So if we can jump into some other questions to get us to what it is that we're all waiting with bated breath to find out about. And I guess the first question I wanted to ask you to give more context is what was your intention or a dream or what did you want to achieve when you started frequency work? It's been a little over two years that I've been in frequency work. And there was quite 
a while last year in 2020 during COVID when I took some time off from frequency work because what I later discovered is that my physical body needed to catch up. So I was going through quite a lot and I only focused on grounding and centering for the most part. So I did your morning GFC, uh, setting the tone of the day every morning for like four solid months, just like setting the tone, setting the tone, trying to like be balanced and centered. But I'll go back to the intention and my intention when I got into frequency work, really, I was looking for relief. I was looking for relief from life, from like this humanness, this physical experience. I feel like as I've learned more in frequency work, the frequency world, I don't think that I came down, as you call the veil of forgetting the wall, (laughs) rather than like the veil, but the wall of forgetting. I don't think that I came through it very gracefully. I think that I stumbled through it and I grasped onto things because I maybe didn't want to come through and I grabbed onto a lot of distortions and I came into life and I was from the very early age, I had a lot of struggles. I mean, kind of, right? Like I came in and I had this amazing experience of like connectedness and love and I didn't know any different, right? I came in and I just had this beautiful sense of connectedness and happiness and joy and love and excitement and all the fun things that kids have, you know? And I also, at the same time, saw so much strife and pain that people in the world had. And as a result, I guess I related to them over time and I picked up a lot of stuff and I came to a place where I was just really, really suffering internally. I was looking for relief. I was uncomfortable. I felt heavy. It was hard to do life. Like I saw other people living life in a much lighter, happier, freer way. And I thought, why can't I have that? Why can't that be me? What's going on with me? And it caused me to seek for, I guess, the feeling that I had felt when I was young. Mm -hmm. I knew it was possible. Yeah, that's awesome. And your journey wasn't a short one into frequency work. I mean, you've been doing stuff, working with yourself for a while. It wasn't like two years ago, you suddenly were like, gee, I have this realization of what I need, what I would, I mean, you were doing a lot of stuff on yourself before then. Correct. She just like woke up one morning and was like, oh, this is like what I need to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. No, I ended up at a very early age finding relief in drugs and alcohol. And as a result, that caused a whole lot of other issues in my life and problems. And luckily, I managed to get sober at a very early age as well, at 19. But that was only as a result of being so incredibly miserable (laughs) inside that, again, I was seeking, right? I saw it. And it was probably my first spiritual experience when I got sober was that I saw the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, pure source, the, you know, divine intervention happened in my life. And these over the course of like 10 months, I was just walked through. It was like this red carpet that just sort of like unfolded and everything worked out perfectly for me to have someone come into my life and say, Hey, I know where you can find help. And I found help and I had support. And it was this foundational, like solidness that was preparing me for like a longer journey. And there were many times in my early sobriety where, you know, it's hard, it's hard to stay sober, right? Especially when you're dealing with a lot of internal stuff. And there were times when I thought, oh, you know, I I don't know if I can do this. I can't keep going or it's too hard. And I would think back to the experience that was laid out for me, you know, to get sober. And I thought, I need to honor this. I need to honor this because it's taking me somewhere. And so I continued. And the way that I came into frequency work, well, so I had what you would call my Mack truck experience. (laughs) 
<laughs> I joke because it's like the Mac daddy of the Mac trucks, you know, like all Mac oh, no. trucks, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. And what Susie's referring to is like what I refer to as the feather brick truck, right? The universe or the pure source of divine gives you these indications along the way of like where you need to be going. And it's like, pay attention. And at first it'll be like a little feather. And then if you don't pay attention to that, then it becomes a brick. And then if not, it comes a truck. So it looks like crisis. Yes. And that's what catalyzes the awakening process. So your higher self is going to keep knocking on your door, basically. Oh my gosh. And so that's what she's referring to. <laughs> and it did. It knocked and it it was like, okay, she's not getting it. We're going to pull in the big guns here, right? And so I had my Mac truck experience in the form of a very dark, very uh, like toxic relationship. And I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't have the awareness. I was just sort of operating under these patterns that I had always thought was me. It was my identity. It was who I was. And I had this massive awakening in this relationship. I was, I knew something was wrong and I liked to listen to audiobooks. At the time I was training a lot for triathlon and, and I'd get, you know, gets boring when you need training a lot. So I'd listen to audiobooks. Well, I was also, you know, a self-help person, you know, always self-develop, it's personal development. I've, you know, gone through therapy, the whole kind of thing, right? Like I, sobriety, right? I'm always looking to like better myself to learn and, and the human experience is very, it's very interesting. It's just, it can also be very painful. So I had this interest in audiobooks and I found this audiobook about narcissistic personality disorder. And it was a short one, it was three hours or something. And I listened to it and I thought, I felt my world caving in. It was the first experience again. So second spiritual, this was 15 years later from the time that I got sober. So second spiritual experience that I'd had, like massive spiritual experience that I had that was like, wake up. And when I listened to this book, I was like, oh my gosh, the gravity of what I was sitting in was like so apparent to me. And then I had this, after I got through sort of like the intensity of like realizing what I was in, of course I like left. his patterns to me so that people understand what that means? Oh, from our patterns. Your dynamic. Yeah. Our di oh my gosh. The way that I described this relationship was that our demons were dancing. It was like perfect. Oh, wow. It was the perfect, like, you know, all of our bad patterns were like, yes, let's get together and just have a total party. Right. And we did. We had this, like, it was insane. And once I left that relationship immediately, I had this levels of awareness. It was like, I could see why I was in these relationships. I could see all of my patterns, all the codependent behaviors, all of these things that were driving me that I had for so long thought was my identity. And I saw also all the way back to when I was young and I picked these up. It was pretty amazing. And I was just like, what is going on? I, I was just experiencing this. And were you in meditation or is this in your like regular no, living? No, every day it was just walking around. And for about six months, I felt like I was in this cocoon and I felt like I was in the eye of the storm. And I saw my life all around me shifting. People were shifting. Things were shifting. Everything was shifting. I felt incredibly centered and incredibly stable, but also very confused because so much of my identity had been tied into these patterns that now are not connecting to anymore. I'm not associating with them anymore. It was very confusing for me because I like to give the example of like, you know, those little Etch-a-Sketch games, yeah. the little red things yeah. and you do a little do-do-do and you create a little, well, the way that I described it then was that 35 years, I felt like God at the time, that was the language that I used. God was like for 35 years going, do, 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 creating this like picture of my life. And then all of a sudden he went, chick, 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 and it was like blank, just totally gone. And I was like, who am I? Where am I? What is going on? And where do I go from here? Because 
I don't know what life looks like after this. And then part of the shifting that happened, I came into contact with this woman who does craniosacral therapy. And I saw her every week for about a year and a half. And then she heard about frequency work and she shared that with me. And of course I was skeptical because, you know, I think it's just yeah. important to be a little skeptical. Yeah. Well, I think it's important too. And a lot of people can say they can do all kinds of things and many of them can or cannot. Exactly. So. Or does it resonate with you, right? Like I've been to classes, you know, whatever. And some people have some amazing experiences and I'm like, that didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, okay. So I was a little skeptical, but I went to an in-person retreat in Sedona for a couple of days with this other frequency work person who does frequency work. And I was floored at what happened. I knew that this was something that was going to change my life. And I remember there was a, a hands-on uh, session that I had with him and he pulled something out of my core so deeply that I had like this reaction that I wanted to like throw up because it was like so visceral. It was just like, whoa, so deep in there, you know? And I was like, this is real. Like this is really going to change some things. That's exactly what I want. Cause I had been living with these really low frequency patterns of codependency, low self-worth and a lot of different avenues of addiction, like food and, you know, all kinds of things. Right. And I had wanted relief from that for so long. So then a few months later, he had you on his podcast yeah. and that's how I found you. And I was like, yes, because I love the structure that you provide in all of your podcasts, just your sessions and everything is just wonderful. It helps me. I guess maybe that's my humanness of wanting like the security and the structure. And the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we need it to relax. I mean, it's just the way we are sometimes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I was really, really happy to find you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you did. So just to sort of recap. So when you came in, just to clarify, just to go back in your story, do you have memory of like your birth process? Like when you were a child, did you remember what you were like before you came into embodiment or you just have this feeling of connectedness, joyfulness, happiness that you described at the beginning? Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. I just have the feeling. Okay. Feel the feeling of it. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because for those of you who are parents or those of you who are sensitive kids, just like Susie is because you tend to be empathic, right? And you had initially this like feeling of this connectedness, love, joy, like you knew it, like you felt it in your body and you knew it, you remembered. And then you also felt, well, the low level frequencies out there of pain, suffering, anxiety, fear, anger. It's a lot. It's heavy. There's many people who hold these frequencies. So for little kids, it's really overwhelming and they don't know what it is. They're just like, whoa, that feels bad. It feels really bad. And you're not the only one. A lot of kids who are sensitive go into alcohol and drugs because they're trying to escape back into that feeling and they're trying to find it beyond that feeling of that density. So it's not like an uncommon thing. It's people, you know, lump everyone together as if they're troubled kids. And like sometimes they're just really sensitive and they can't handle like what's they're feeling. And so, as you say, that then spirals up into addiction and then reinforces low self-worth, etc. And so now you've come into this journey where in that moment of epiphany with the audiobook, it was like it gave you a perspective that was different. It was like, to me, when I felt you say that, what I felt, for example, is like you went into the bigger perspective all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, this is really, like you've hit sort of like bottom with the amount of frequencies that you're willing to tolerate. That makes sense. It's gotten so bad. It's gotten so abusive. You know what I mean? It's like the worst is being brought out of you in this particular relationship. In a way, it was terrible at the time, but it was the catalyst that like brought you into like no more. You know, like I, I can't anymore. And then that surrender state where you like pulled yourself into the center of yourself or what I would call the zero point and that's when you start to have this epiphany of like seeing it is like that actually it's like you're in the center and all this stuff is happening around you and you realize actually that it's all changeable you're like whoa it's all changeable 
it's all changing. Yeah. At least that's how I experience it. So that's what, and then found frequency work. And now here you are a couple of years later. And for many of you who don't know, I gave the sexuality, sensuality, and power in the Transcendent Feminine Retreat this past September in Sedona. And uh, Susie was there. And the reason we have her here telling the story is because something really special happened at the retreat and after. And I'm wondering if you could share what happened for you. Yeah. So the most amazing experience happened. <laughs> the retreat, it's interesting because I was in a bit of a dust space going through frequency work, just releasing a lot of stuff. And I just felt this very like high level of numbness. I was in this space. It was kind of like the space that I was in when I had that big epiphany a few years ago. It was just like I was in there and things were changing and I could tell things were changing, but I, I was just sort of like sitting tight. And I got to the retreat and, you know, I didn't really think that too much was happening because I couldn't really feel it. But it was also it was still very fun. And we were there for six days. And as the time went on, it's almost like I was starting to come out of this desk space, like the momentum of the group and the GFCs just kind of helped me to push me out. And towards the end of the retreat, the last couple of days, specifically, you focused on in the GFCs connecting to your brilliance. And I had never felt it before. And I felt it that time, like a little spark. It was like this beautiful little tingle everywhere. And it's just like, oh, I felt amazing. And I didn't think anything of it. You know, I just thought, oh, that's, that was really nice. And I, I went on about my business. And then I came home and I caught COVID. <laughs> By the way, it sounds terrible, but isn't actually in the end. Okay. Because the consciousness of COVID, just for you all to know, I know physically it's not delightful. Okay. Because we got it too, but the consciousness of COVID is an amplifier. So in this particular case, it worked out really great. Yes, (laughs) it did. It was absolutely epic. So I I caught it two days. I started to really come down with the symptoms about two days when I got back from the retreat and about five days into having COVID. So firstly, I had this image of my life this life of mine, as in it was like written on a book. It was like, instead of remembering it, like memories are like 3D sort of, you know, 3D dimensional memories. It was like, I was looking at it on a book and it was two dimensional and I could see my timeline and it was like moving through my life. And I was like, what? is this? I, the only way that I could describe it at the time was it was, it felt like it was flat, but now I realize that in 2D, it was like written yeah. on this book. Yeah. And then after that, I started having, I'm not doing it. Like I'm just, all I'm trying to do is like take care of myself while I'm sick. Right. So, but my head went quiet for days. My head was completely quiet and all I was, was present. The most amazing energy just kept coming out through me and flowing through me. And I could feel it. It was almost like these waves of energy that was just pouring out of me. And at one point, so I attended your Living Your Brilliance last weekend. So this is a plug for that because it was amazing. And you talked about how the feeling of brilliance changes. And that's exactly what my experience was during this COVID time. So it came through in different ways. And I was just experiencing it in all these different ways. And at one point it felt like it was just shooting out of my heart space and it reached the ends of the universe and I could feel it. It was just like this beautiful, bright light, bright white light that was just emanating out of my heart space. And then there were other times where I just felt I could feel completely my spirit body. It was spherical and I could feel the completeness of it. It was just so solid and so complete. And I felt so 
warm and full. It was this feeling of fullness that I had been looking for. I've been seeking my whole life, this feeling of fullness that I had been trying to satisfy with everything that in this, in this 3D world, right? Like money, food, people, everything, you know? And, and it was just every cell of my body was satiated. Every cell. It was the most amazing experience. And I had it that experience for two weeks solid. Which is long, by the way, people. <laughs> Because we're hearing other people who are having this, you know, who are participating in the Limitless Potential Mastermind and they're having it for, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but a few days, years is the longest I've heard of. Two weeks is a long time, which is awesome. It was amazing. And I had so many awarenesses of things that I had been struggling with before, like why they're happening in the truth. Like my head would still kind of come up. Like there were things that would come up in my mind, but I would immediately have this like knowingness, like, no, that's not right. No, that's not true. Everything just made sense. The universe made sense. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's like, I saw this 3D reality as just a 3D reality, not from this human emotional perspective. It was just like, everything's happening all at once and all this chaos, but it's like this perfect chaos, this divinely created chaos and all of its forms. And I was just like, whoa, everything is happening all at once right now. And it's amazing. And it's for you. Yeah. Right. You feel the illusion. You're like, we created it. We did this for us. I was like, whoa. Right. When you realize it's for you, that part also for me, when I first felt it was like breathtaking, you're like, whoa. Right. It was pretty amazing. I didn't know what to do with it, actually. What do I do now with this? That's awesome. Yeah. And then after the two weeks, what started to happen? Sadly, I couldn't live there in that space. I was really sad about it. <laughs> but I mean, like that epic space. What I can say is that as I've kind of come down from that high, I'm not even sure how high I was or where I was at, but as I've come back down to a, a level where I can actually like participate in, <laughs> in human life again, <laughs> yeah. at least, you know, into my ability right now, I still feel this amazing connection and I keep getting waves. They're small. It's more than what I felt when I was at the retreat, but it's less than what I felt when I was in COVID, having COVID, but I'm feeling these and I'm feeling it more and more. It's like it comes in waves and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it's coming in and it fills everything. And it comes again in different ways. You know, it, some, last night it was coming in like these weird shapes in my mind. And like before it would be in my heart space. And I have this, it's like this wall, like whenever these little thoughts come in and it's like, Hey, you don't have what they have. Hey, you're getting older. There's this like immediate, like, no, 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 no. I'm untouchable by these things. It's like amazing. Yeah. The core of you is untouchable. It's like, okay, that's the yes. mind. And it like skims across the surface, but it yes, doesn't come exactly in. how it feels. And I see it. It's like, oh, uh-uh. No, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Just for everyone who's watching. So what Susie had was very epic, right? I mean, this is what I'm saying, but the consciousness of COVID, COVID being an amplifier. So it was perfect, right? Everything is in perfect time, even though it seems like, oh, this is kind of an inconvenience because I'm sick. I mean, who likes being sick? Not many. I mean, it doesn't feel very good. It's kind of gnarly. And that was perfect because it was amplifying her experience so she could have this return, like not a return, but this experience, which was very heightened and so complete that it was oozing out of herself. And it's like a reference point for her. And from what I can tell, it's like these waves. It's just like, okay, so now when she comes into more, the living, the physical, right? So we came into embodiment for a reason. It's not like you're randomly here. You chose this, right? To have embodiment. So when she says like, okay, well, I had to come back into the experience of the humanness, what in part that means, 
wants to come back into the experience of both that perspective that is very full and knowing, and she still has. And probably it's funny, you can't necessarily will the brilliance to happen. It just sort of, you feel it just comes. You're just like, oh, whoa, right? Because it's not about forcing. It's not from your mind, right? It's a state of surrender that is existing, which allows for the brilliance to be there. So in that sort of magnificence that she felt, it's like, okay, well, this is the set point. Remember, this is you. Remember, this is you. And now with the mind coming back in, it's like, okay, and this is the humanness. How do we navigate both of these things? Because we're both, we're both the physical embodiment and we are the spirit. We're both. So how do you have that, the two together with the spirit aspect or the big S self being more primary? Because you know, that's the most important thing, right? You're not caught in the illusion of like this, the physicalness is, and the brain particularly, is the thing that's most important. You know, like viscerally through all of yourself that that's not true and you don't have to live that way. So that's when the pivot starts to happen. When your brain starts to become less dominant than your knowingness or your brilliance, and then life starts to become really a lot more fun. <laughs> because instead of being dictated only by your mind and what you perceive through your ego self, it becomes something else. And you have an awareness of what's really important. So I think that's spectacular. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I guess the other question is, what do you feel given this experience? And you're still in it. I mean, it's not like it's stopped or anything like this. It's still right. ongoing. It's new. Um, it's a new experience. And yeah. yeah, it's like I've stepped into this new space and it's only going to be growing from there is how it feels. Yeah. And how do you feel? I mean, this is such a game changer. I mean, how do you feel your future might be different now? I mean, I don't even know if you think about it that way. It's kind of a weird question to ask somebody who's experiencing this because it's like, you're not in time at all. I mean, in that experience, you're not in time, the linear time, I mean, right? I mean, you're in the eternal now, you're not in linear time. So it's kind of an odd question to ask, but I guess for people who don't have that frame of reference of the eternal now, because most don't, how do you feel things will be different for you in the future? Can you guess even? No. And that's, what's new for me is that I've always been really concerned concerned about the future or the past, really, <laughs> you know, and as I'm getting older, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? And just all, all the stuff, right? And now it's like, every time that thought comes up, I just immediately get pulled back into this space of like present, I'm present, I'm here, and I'm just experiencing this right now. And I know there's this deep sense of knowing that no matter what happens in my future, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. It, like, there's no doubt about it. Like, I'm at this space where I, I completely trust that from here on out, everything that happens is going to be for my greater good. And whether it be difficult or not, because life is hard sometimes, and that, that doesn't mean that I'm going to not have difficult times in my life, but I'm going to be approaching them in a different manner. And it's going to be from a different perspective as in what is this teaching me? How am I going to learn from this? Or where is this taking me? And just a couple of days ago, right after the living your brilliance, because I'm in this new space now, I'm just really trying to get my bearings. Like, I don't know. Right. And I'm just like in the state of presence. I can't think about the future. And this has been now a little over a month that I've kind of been in this. And just for the first time, I thought, oh, what's possible? Huh? Okay. So I'm in this space. So like all of a sudden this sense of like wonder, like, well, maybe let's try this out. Well, maybe let's see how this goes. And it yeah. made sense finally, like you mentioned to me before, that the brilliance creates the mind and try to observe how the mind follows the brilliance. And I thought, oh, there it is, right? So this curiousness is coming up from the brilliance and the mind is there to execute it, yeah. is to bring it forward. So I'm just getting to that place where I'm like, Hmm. What, what do I want to do? I don't know. <laughs> I know. And it becomes very playful because it's like a little kid, right? You're like, well, there are all these possibilities here. 
one am I going to play with today? It's going to be this one, you know, and it's much more light because at least from what I can sense from you, it's like in that knowingness of that wholeness and that presence, like what occurs to you, even if it is challenged, you know, you'll transcend it, you know, it's for you. So what is there to like resist or fight or be afraid of? Nothing, right? Really? So it's okay, right? That you can play in all these different things because, and I'm not saying to not be aware, but you know what I mean? It gives you like more of like this lighthearted, like sense of adventure because in the adventure, it doesn't matter because it's an experience that's physical that will teach you something. But ultimately the part that's you, that core of that brilliance is unwavering, right? You learn from it, but it's never diminished in this experience. It's so fun to watch you experience this because it's like this, right? It, it like, it makes everything almost childlike, you know, you're just like, what's possible. Yeah. Just getting there. And I thought, oh, this is like, <laughs> now I'm stepping into creation manifestation. And this is, I don't even know, like, okay, that's where it came to mind. I was like, oh, okay, now it's time that's to right. play. Yeah. And the creation manifestation, as I mentioned in the Living Your Brilliance Intensive, is shifting as people start to embody this brilliance, because you don't even have to have like a completely crystallized, like, thought, like you know, the old way of creation manifestation is like, I'm going to imagine that I want this. I have this feeling. I create it. I surrender. I go neutral. And then things come into body. It's just like, oh, you randomly think it could be nice to experience this. And all of a sudden you're like the doorbell rings or the phone rings or email comes in and you're like, oh my God, what? <laughs> yes, that just happened to me twice over the last four days. So I've been spending a lot of time alone by choice, right? Because I really like being alone now, which is very, very different, very strange, very odd for me. But I thought, you know, it would be nice to have maybe like connected to some new women and like hang out and make some new friends. Well, sure enough, like I get a text message. I don't know if it was that day. I think it was maybe like this, the day after I get a text message from this woman that I had met like six months ago. She's like, hey, I'm having a get together with ladies at my house next weekend. We're going to be doing breath work yoga and tea and it's going to be like in sound bowls and and this is going to be like an ongoing thing every month and I was like oh, yes sign yes. Me up right <laughs> and then the second one was I was at my parents house a couple days ago having dinner with them and I know that I have had a financial abundance block be connected to I'm sure a lot of like low self-worth not deserving all kinds of stuff, generational stuff as well and I was talking to my dad and I realized in the conversation while I was talking to him oh my my gosh, it comes from control and fear. And it just like went away. And I was like, huh, I think I might try to like, I don't know, mess around with some money, like invest or whatever. And then a friend of mine reaches out to me and is like, Hey, are you like interested in like learning about crypto? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Uh -huh. I mean, literally the next day, it was crazy. And I was like, yeah, what's going on here? This is pretty amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like the pathway opens for you. And it's like you have these thoughts, these realizations, these like half, you know, what I mean, it's not like you were intending exactly to make all of these billions of dollars through cryptocurrency. And now it's a it's just like, oh, uh oh, <laughs> yeah, because I'm totally neutral to how it turns out. But I realized that I had a block. I realized that it was control and fear. I'm sure you could probably better talk about whatever patterns they are for me, but because you can see them. But for me, what came for me was control and fear. And I thought, oh my gosh, as soon as I realized that's what it was, it went, everything kind of got a little brighter and expanded. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that just went away. And I was like, okay, well, maybe let's play around with it. Because there's always been this block, right? This financial block, like don't touch it. Don't even engage. It was crazy. Like my mind wouldn't even engage in it. It was so intense. And so like, 
it doesn't matter if I make a lot or not or none, but I know, and obviously I'm not going to be like irresponsible about it. Right. But now I know I can do it. I can get into it just for the fun of it, of like learning it. And like, there isn't that block anymore. That's like, don't touch it. It's available to me, which it wasn't before. Yeah. Right. Or like the consequence of like death or losing it all or whatever, you know, all these fears that were around it. And like, if you lose this, it's like equivalent to like dying, you know, all this sort of stuff that comes right. through your lineage right. and so on for you, yes, which is preventing right. you from being able to access it. That's exactly so, what came up. I was just like, that is awesome. Now I'm curious, maybe we'll do a part two, what happens. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask just briefly for those of you, so Susie got here in part because it's not like, I mean, yes, it's, she wasn't exactly trying but she's been doing frequency work pretty diligently it's not like she's been like mm-hmm. just hanging out and so so for people who are newer and they haven't really delved that much into pr- frequency work and what you've achieved seems pretty epic so what would you say about frequency work like what would you want to share about frequency work that people might not know from your experience with it yeah it's interesting because I share frequency work with everybody right and some people take to it and some people don't actually quite a lot of people don't <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. But what I can say about it is whether you have a small thing that you keep running into that you need help with or something very large, like I did, like I was having like a lot of stuff, a lot of heavier stuff that I was trying to clear out. Frequency work is absolutely the fastest way to address it. I had been for 15 years, you know, working on staying sober, going to therapy, going through up and downs, emotionals, bad relationships. I mean, everything I was feeling the intense feeling of loneliness and just like trying to fill it. And, and within, I know that it's only been about two years and I took, like I said, took some time off last year, but really what it was is I was detoxing so heavily (laughs) that I had to let my physical body catch up. But what I can say is that in those roughly two years, I have never experienced this incredible sense of wholeness and completeness in myself ever. Even when I was little, it it wasn't like this. This is solid. So it just depends on what level you want to get into frequency work. It depends on what you want to do. And do you have a lot that you're struggling with? Or do you just have a little thing that you want to, you know, fix in your life or change in your life, but it's available to everybody. And then like you've said before, it's up to whoever, it's up to that person to go as far as they want or stay on the train as long as they like, but it will definitely change you for sure. Cool. And my last question is, what are you grateful for? Okay. So (laughs) there's so much to be grateful for. There's two things that come up for me. One is my mind has been out of control for a long time. I mean, I think I was a result of like being in survival mode for so long. It just, you know, it it had to, and it's natural, right? It takes over and it's like, okay, you got to keep us safe. And it would just go and go and go and go and go. And I remember I like, it would wake me up in the middle of the night, just chatter, chatter, chatter. And now it's so quiet. Like I have moments, like short moments. It chatters a little, but it's the different kind of chatter. Like before it was chatter of like fear, worries, all kinds of terrible stuff, you know, low self-worth kind of things like, oh, you're not good enough. You can't do this and all the stuff. Right. And now when it chatters at me, it's like, it like sing songs, <laughs> like sing songs or, you know, like reminds 
reminds me of what I need to do. Like, oh, I need to go to the store and get these things. Like, or, you know, just there's some chatter, but it's not mean. If that's a good word using, it's not mean because my mind used to be really mean to me. I could be sitting alone by myself and end up in an emotional distress state because my mind was just so loud with these horrible things. And I don't have that anymore. I am completely content. And the second thing is that I've always been really sensitive to energy, other people's energy. And so when I'd go spend time with people, which I do enjoy spending time with people, I would feel very drained by the time I left or just overwhelmed or emotional or different, just different feelings. And I don't feel that anymore. I can show up and I can hold my space. I can hold my residence level and I can excuse myself if I am feeling uncomfortable, which I never did before, I would just sit in it, you know, and I can do that now. I can leave a social situation and feel completely the same as when I went. I'm unaffected. And that is a game changer for me. Total game changer. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Susie, for your incredible story and for sharing it with us. And I think a lot of us can learn from your experience. And I'm so happy for you that this is your experience now. The wonderful thing about this experience is when you live it and it's embodied like this, you can't forget it. It's like viscerally part of you. It's just always there and it only gets better. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. We're about to start the group frequency calibration or GFC, where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. Because I'm working on frequency level, GFCs are not like regular meditations. Many people go into a somewhat altered state. So please don't drive while listening to this. It's time to bring in a new experience, a new consciousness, and a new world. Let's rise together. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for embodied brilliance. So the purpose or intention for this particular GFC is to help you to release the distortion patterns that keep us mired in or limited to our expectations of moving into or being aware of or our experience of our brilliance or what it's like to live from it. That's really the focus for this particular GFC. And if you want to go deeper on this, I would strongly recommend the Living Your Brilliance Intensive, where we worked on this quite some depth, because what your mind projects is not at all necessarily what your experience would be, and it likely will limit it. Okay, It will also prevent you from experiencing it. Okay, here we go. Becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of your heels and the space between the heels and the earth. Okay, so however you imagine, perceive, or become aware of that is great.
here. Good. Now become aware, please, of your pelvis. Okay? So as you become aware of your pelvis, becoming aware of whether it is uh, tilted in any particular direction, becoming aware of its weight, becoming of, aware of the weight that it bears. There's all kinds of information uh, that you can become aware of in your pelvis. Now, you don't actually need to know any of this, but in these two points that we are becoming more aware of, as you become aware of these points, the heels and now the pelvis, I'm amplifying the frequency of the earth into both places as you increase your own awareness of these spaces to help us to anchor more quickly into the present moment of linear time and also to help us to Center into the zero point of space. So again, you don't need to know that. All you need to do is become aware of the space in your body. Yeah. Good. And now, please become aware of your breath. Allowing for your breath to become much deeper, much slower, noticing if you can allow it to sink deeper into your body and or to take up more room within the body. Noticing if your breath can become spherical. So most of us, when we think of our breath, if we think of our breath at all in this way, from a direction standpoint, is it's usually in front of us or behind us. In this case, please imagine or become aware of or feel your breath becoming spherical. So expanding and contracting. In all directions. Good. Excellent. And now please become aware of your surroundings. Now, 
If you're more experienced, you know what to do here. If you are new, if you could please uh, become aware of what your skin is touching. Okay, so this may be your clothing, it may be upholstery, it may be flooring under your feet, it may be your own hair. It could also be the air. Okay, likely there are large parts of your skin, or at least some portions of your skin, which are touching the air. So your air has, uh, so your so air has texture. Okay. So to become aware of that texture, its relative humidity, its temperature the feeling of its weightedness or lightness. There's all this information in terms of the texture of the air. So becoming aware of that versus, say, the texture of the upholstery or the sheets that your skin may be touching. When you're ready, blinking your eyes open and noticing the quality of the light. So please keep your focus soft. You're not looking at anything in particular, you're just opening your eyes. Uh, taking in what your eyes see and then noticing the quality of the light. Good. Now, once you've noticed this, it doesn't take very long. Once you've noticed this, if you're more experienced and prefer to triangulate with your eyes closed, please close your eyes. And if you are new, or if you prefer to keep your eyes open, keep your eyes open for now and triangulate. So for those who are new, triangulation means becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you and noticing the distance and then feeling the distance between each object and you. So let's just imagine that object A is the um, sideboard. And you notice that the sideboard is eight feet away. So the distance between the sideboard and you is eight feet. Okay, it's always the object to you. So it's, it's the distance between the object and you is eight feet. And then feeling the distance. And then you'll do this please for objects B and C. And you'll find as you do this that your sense of where you are in space becomes more clear 
more present or more in focus for you. Excellent. So for those of you who are complete with triangulation, bringing your attention to your heart space in the center of your chest, in your nipple line, uh, breathing normally here and closing your eyes if they have been open. We're going to take a nice deep breath together, inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And whenever you've completed that five count, Releasing your breath at the speed and intensity that you prefer. Holding your breath out for a count of six at the bottom of your exhale. And after you complete this one long deep breath, breathing normally, while we wait for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent. So whilst we wait for that to happen, uh, for those of you who are new, please know that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I often work in silence. So if you don't hear me, um, I'm still working on you. It's often that I'm, if I'm working in silence, it's because I'm working with very high frequencies. And if I make physical noise, that only drops the resonance, which doesn't serve you. I also do make sound. So you may hear me uh, on occasion hum or yawn or exhale sharply. And that's just how I release the, uh, what often is heavier or, or stickier distortion patterns. Not always, but often. And also, if I say something that really resonates with you, it's likely a pattern or a distortion pattern that you run. And if you really resist something I say, it's likely also a distortion pattern that you run. So I invite you to remain open and to examine further. Good. Now that the mastermind has coalesced, keeping your attention in that heart space, and adding, please, the back of the neck. So I encourage you, if you're new, to put your physical hand on the physical spaces. If the back of the neck becomes hard for you to hold physically because it becomes uncomfortable, you can start with your hand there, and then after a couple or a few seconds, release your, your hand. Right? It won't like stop the process. So...
asking yourself the question, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And for those of you who are new, that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space, the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, which is surprisingly vast, becoming aware of a brilliance at its very center, And as you become aware of this brilliance and keep your attention on it, it starts to get brighter and it starts to intensify and eventually expand out through all of your cells out through your organs, your bones, out through your muscles and your flesh. through the pores of your skin, and into the space between your physical body and your outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. becoming very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Mm -hmm. And now becoming aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance irrespective of where you begin. This is one of the most important things we do, whether you're aware of what's happening or not. Because how high your frequency resonance is dictates everything from what your reality looks like to how you perceive it how much momentum you have on spirit level, how quickly you integrate. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Bring your attention now, please, to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. So this has to do with the seduction of the mind, okay, and the primacy of the mind, that we believe in its linearity, we want the certainty of it being like satiated or satisfied. Uh, you're, you're, it's very difficult to satisfy the mind. The best we can do if we're at this level is to um, try to ignore it, but by releasing the distortion pattern, we're operating at a higher frequency resonance. And so, as a result, we have a different perspective. We have more distance from it, and it doesn't have as much pull. Good. still in the solar plexus, going to help release some of this expectation and story of what it means to be aware of our brilliance and or live from it. Just helping to release this. Right behind this is the distortion of attachment to what it means about us should we start to be aware of, experience, and live from our brilliance. For a small subgroup of you, you're really attached to achieving it to get out of the pain or suffering or discomfort that you're in. It's really more of an escape rather than um, moving into it from a space of neutrality, surrender, and being present.
Good. Bring your attention now, please, to the xiphoid process. And about three inches just beneath it, to, or seven centimeters, three inches or seven centimeters, depending where you are in the world, down towards the belly button. Just clearing out your pain body. only takes a couple of seconds and the reason we do this is because your pain body has a memory of you before the frequency work does and it's harder to integrate the change if you're constantly smacking into the memory that your pain body holds of you before the work so just releasing that good good this brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my time and personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, there are usually multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel like this is the case for you, please visit Spherical Luminosity for more targeted support.